thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, Up for a Chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Meara. And we're all together. Yeah, we are. We are too. Yeah. We're usually on Skype. I know. I know. This is the first time we've actually been together this year. Mm -hmm. Other than in Peru, of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you remember when we uh, went through Peru. (laughs) I still think of that. Was, oh. I can't take my jewellery off that I bought. I see that like on it's, you. Just, it's can't just take beautiful. My, um, Pachamama and the, you know, the calendars. What was it called? Chicana. Chicana. I just can't take them off. I wear them every day. It's so oh. precious. Yeah. And I think we're thinking about it so much more right now because we're working so hard on bringing our New Zealand trip together next year and then also our amazing trip to Africa which is all out there now, guys and gals. So if you guys are interested in joining us on either one of those trips, um, we're going to give you the website at the end of the recording today where you can go and check it out and potentially join us when we trek through New Zealand and trek through Africa. So it's so exciting. But we only have 11 spots left now, don't we? Well, as a matter of fact, we do. And I think, I actually think New Zealand is sold out. I still have to check our final figures. Yeah, I think New Zealand is pretty well sold out. But um, it's uh, but Africa. I think we've got Africa. We've only got eleven spots left. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. So you're gonna get in quick, peeps. I actually feel. Get in quick. I have a feeling we have ten. I know somebody who is definitely coming, but she just hasn't. Oh, and I said to her, start working. <laughs> <laughs> more hours <laughs> but it's not that expensive no. now like it's only what is it maybe just over a thousand dollars a month mm. and you'll have the thing paid off in 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 18 months so it's mm. pretty cool pretty cool anywho <laughs> less about us and more about you welcome to the show beautiful spare Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so we've had you on the show before. No, this is my first time on the show. Really? Which yeah. blows me we away. We talked about no, Elspeth. I was going to say, didn't yeah. we, didn't, didn't we, didn't we do Elspeth before? <laughs> <laughs> no, we haven't done it each other yet. Oh, so today's the day. <laughs> I guess so we are taking this to another yeah, level today. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so Elspeth, <laughs> tell me about your life you know let's start back before you were born no <laughs> it, all goes, it all started it all started, it all started. Yeah, I, like I I'm, I know a little bit about your journey um more so in the last couple of years mm. because you've been very involved in in changing habits as well as 28 so I know that but I want to know what what got you on this whole journey because I know you're a psychologist so, uh, and a psychologist now who has an interest in the gut-brain axis and, and how we're now realising that there is a big neck between the brain and the, and the body and that perhaps our physical body is just as important as our... Yeah, definitely. You know. So, yeah. Where, how does this so where, start for you? How do I start? So, um, you know, as a family when I grew up, we travelled a lot and my parents were, um, yeah, quite different. We had... An interesting, an interesting. I had a couple of interesting those. <laughs> that was really good. But I left home when I was uh, fifteen, and then worked full time, and I studied full time, and that sort of set the scene for the rest of my life, really. But um, so I then uh, fell into a relationship at sixteen that was quite abusive. So there was a lot of sexual abuse and a lot of domestic violence, physical abuse. So I had two children very young when I was 18 and uh, 20. And then I was divorced with two kids by the time I was 21 with court cases going on and it was just mayhem. Um, So for me... Can I just ask you a little bit about that? So from 16 you met this person until 21. What was going through your head with the abuse? Did did you think it was normal being... you were only young. Yeah, and I think for me I never had any education around domestic violence or what it actually meant. And so when the behaviour started occurring, um, innately I loved the person and innately I do love people. So I think the best of people. And 
it was a cycle that I was caught in in terms of I love but then this treatment of abuse and I fell pregnant quite early into that relationship too so I had to that Mm -hmm. staying part and then I was quite isolated from my family so I didn't have a social network that was Elspeth what's going on here what are you doing like why are you letting and that happened later on when we were living in Mount Isa and so it became you know for me out of that the beautiful part of that relationship was my two children but also the understanding that I got about myself so Steve Irwin died and that was one of the pinnacle points is he died and I was like he did what he loved like he was passionate he died happy and I sat there the day I found out I thought what am I doing what I love no and I knew that my inner talk and that my inner spirit wasn't being I wasn't honoring it you know and so I just woke there was a lot of other events at that time as well but with with his death I thought I need to wake up and I actually need to listen to my guide and who I am so um that those two years after leaving were the probably the most horrific two years of my life even after that relationship. Um, so getting my kids safe, getting myself on my feet, starting to study, working full-time. At 21. Yeah. Yeah. Had uh, great support from my family. And, by the way, yeah. Steve would probably love that, to have heard that. You know, <laughs> I was a friend of Steve's and, um, yeah, it was pretty traumatic when he passed away. Yeah. Mm. But it would be it's so nice that he jolted you into your mm. reality that you mm. needed to to step up and do something different. So he would have loved that, yeah. I think it's special when you see someone do what they love doing, what they're passionate mm. about. And that's, you know, when I see that in the three of you is that it's it's just beautiful, isn't it? Like it's what life's about. It so. is. Steve and would come here to this yeah, house. So yeah. we're in my home at the moment. So he'd come here and the kids were only little mm. and he had such passion all the time. What you saw mm. was who he was. Yeah. He wasn't anybody different on the camera as he was off the camera. Mm. Like he was always excited and mm. full of life and, yeah, mm. that was a, yeah. A beautiful man. Yeah, he was, but I think he really touched a lot of people. Oh. So in, mm. in, in many different ways yeah. and, you know, just that message alone of living your passion and living your dream is is what it's about. So for me that's, you know, is one of the big pinnacle points. So we um I then went to Toowoomba after um and he started the healing process and with the kids and my family's there. So my community began that I then did my psychology and anthropology degree. So I did a double major and I did a grad dip and I did lots of study like I think you look at my studies and people like what are you doing that for so um so I started and then I did five years as a domestic violence counsellor so for the five years I had a DV relationship I gave that back in service that was my community service so but I had the most beautiful experiences being able to sit with people and uh, be able to hold that space so that they could have the nurture and the place to heal what I found towards the end of that was I'm in a system where I'm not making preventative change, but I'm not also doing real empowering work. So I sat with myself, read um, Katie Byron, Loving What Is, oh. and I started doing the work. And I, so then I started goalboarding and I, you know, sat with friends around what am I good at, what am I passionate about, and how do I bring this together? Rang changing habits and was like, Jordan, when are they actually going to do an education course? She's like, oh, we don't, you know, there might be one happening, but, you know, so I was like, right, I'll do IIN and did that and thought I'll do this health coaching thing. And then as soon as you your education course came up, I'm like, totally in. I was like begging you on my application, I have to be in this. <laughs> you have to have me there. And so, um, yes, that was quite interesting. And so I started the business Food for Life Coaching Counseling 2012 um, innately just to empower women to cook and to, you know, do a bit of counseling with them. And then from there I began using different modalities, you know, with Fast Reef Tea. Um, 
Could you explain that? So fast EFT works on a concept of there's hypnosis, NLP, um, you know, visualisation, like lots of different modalities sort of brought into one and tapping that you look at the belief system behind the story and you can go right back and pinpoint it to where it began. So it, unconscious mind, like as you know, Karen, is like this amazing puzzle that they just, it just interlinks with each other and these strange stories we create that keep us in our safe place that st- can innately stop us from achieving because of our own fear or what we're scared of. So I started using that for myself and it it was the most, it transformed my whole entire life. Um, so that's using it with clients. I've seen bigger shifts than I've ever seen them ever. Um, and But also my other focus was health, lifestyle, having a great community and friendship and support. And I thought, how do I bring this together so that in Toowoomba we can build a healthy community? Because my why, my whole philosophy is to get people healthy. That's it. And that's what drives me every single day. So I started um, the Toowoomba Community Health Meetings and we meet every fortnight and people come along and we have different health practitioners come and they talk about health in their own modality. And um, and it sort of got bigger and bigger and bigger and then I needed a bigger space, so that's when the cafe came along. So, so, um, so the cafe came along and that was my big space where I could work and have a hub where people can come and connect. 20% of my business is the cafe. 80% is really the long-term vision goal, the coaching, the the message around building that community. So I would like to ask you, as a busy mum and, you know, You look so mischievous right now. (laughs) I just have to say that. You can't not look at Kim and go, (laughs) (laughs) She's up to something. So, I wanted to know. <laughs> so many women will be listening to this going, she's got two kids, she was young, she has gone through a massive emotional upheaval, but she stu- studied with a double major. <laughs> and then she did INN, and then she did Changing Habits, and she and did, did 28. 28 HLE program, and she participates in creating community um, get-togethers, and she started a business. And, so, pe- and, and so people say, how do you do it when you've got two businesses? I work for Changing Habits as well, doing the assessment, and, um, and I'm doing my thesis this year. I'm telling you, it's not glamorous. <laughs> <laughs> Although she looks glamorous. She looks gorgeous. <laughs> I, I love doing what I do, and, yes, I push my limits. I do know that. Um, and for me, it is so natural for what I do. If I wasn't doing it, I don't know what I'd be doing. Like it is this, I don't know how to describe that feeling inside of myself that it's, it's this, it just goes. It's like this burning fire of passion that is, and but it's a love. I, I think it's a love. It's yeah. a love. If you love yeah, what we, you yeah, do. No, 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 no. We all love doing things. We all love it. But the question is, is how do you prioritise which one or how do you make sure you don't sacrifice sleep or like, how do you make sure you sleep. get your thesis I done? Do like, like yeah. seriously, people are going to be listening to this going, well, they, they might have already switched do. off because yeah. in some ways it's too big. So how so do how I do structure my week? So yeah. I have um, either a day or two days blocked out specifically for uni. Now I may have to ch- like s- sort of juggle a few things in that day if I have to answer phone calls or I flight mode my phone and I just go, no, this is me and I'm in my cocoon. Um, so depending on that day where I know I can handle what, you know, so I have my uni days, I have counselling, coaching days, and then I have a couple of days I work in the cafe and then we have my kids' time. So um, 
I do have a diary that's heavily like green is personal, red is work. You know, it. I have a diary that is cut quite color coded, so I know what I'm doing and I can visually look at that. Um, my social life is probably something that has been on the downer, so. I'm actually trying to engage more and go out with my friends. <laughs> like I went to breakfast this morning with a beautiful friend and it was just so lovely. I was like, this is the best. Mm. So by the 21st of October, hopefully I'll do more of that. Um, so I do, I do make sure that my time is organised. Um, so you are very organised. So you're not haphazard. You're not do this when you get a chance and fit that in when you get a chance and you're yeah. not kind of a bit reactive. You're more structured. I do have organised, but then I go this morning, today, this is what I need to do. So I won't think about today, last week. I will think about that this morning. So yeah. I've learned in that sense to be quite mindful of just being in the moment and not be overwhelmed in what I have. Yeah. Like I know my thesis is due on the 21st of October. I know I've got days that are blocked out. But I'm not going to sit there and panic about and it panic today. about it today because right now I'm here yeah. and I want to enjoy today yeah. and now and I see my supervisor, you know, today and oh that's my next step. So I, I chunk yeah. my processes and I also use if I get that anxious feeling, I let it go and I tap. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I do use I do have strategies and um, meditate and. Um, just try and have that moment of peace yeah. and sit within that. Do you know, it's really actually quite fascinating what you're talking about. I think when a person is capable, and, and I know that to a lot of people, we're so conditioned, mm. like to, to the world at large, we're so conditioned to have your daily planner, have your priorities in place, mm. you know, be very structured in order to achieve everything that we need to mm. achieve day mm. by day. But what is really, really fascinating is that if a person is able to be 100% present in mm. the present moment, in fact, time stretches. Yep. And I don't think that you people realise that until they do that, yeah. that when you are totally present in the existing moment, time stretches, the existing moment becomes far more qualitative mm-hmm. rather than quantitative. For sure. And your ability to produce more in that mm. moment is accelerated mm. so that then the pressure doesn't actually mount like you think, like, you know, we would think that it would, the pressure actually reduces yep. because you are so present to what's in front of you in that moment. Mm-hmm. And, of course, there are things that need to be planned for, you know, like going to the dentist next week or whatever, mm. and your thesis and all those sorts mm. of things, they need to be planned for. You can't just, you know, walk around with your thumb up your bum and hope for the best. best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think that that's, that's really a huge key. Is yeah. to just be, is to just let yourself off the hook, know what you mm. need to achieve, and then just be present as each yeah. moment unfolds to achieve that particular mm. outcome. It's really cool. Yeah, I think so. Mm. You know, there's something that's quite cool about having the two of you, Karen and Elspeth, on together. I've been dying to ask this question with people like you two. <laughs> um, oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> it could be mine too. It could yeah. be. It could be a little bit rabbit holeish. Oh dear, dear, dear. But in my observation of watching people over the last two decades mm-hmm. and listening to stories and drama and um, people's caught up in the, mm. in the I, I don't know, he said, she said, and it's not fair and the um, life sucks and, and I hate myself or I'm fat or I'm not good enough or like there is so much out there. Is it necessary? as part of the human psyche to be in that space or to get to that level to to find yourselves a way out of that or to understand what's possible at the other extreme so do we uh, so you're saying do we have mm. to have that contrast yes in order to know the opposite number yes go for it oh it's you me <laughs> oh goodness oh look for me like if i reflect on the journey that i see within women around me and how a lot of women have a not good enough thing right or you know I'm not looking this way and I'm not doing this or that they'll make that judgment is that we've got to is to look at that what's driving it and that fear and belief if we let that go if we let that story go we can live in a more peaceful sense so 
I think when we're quite grounded in who we are, we're okay that we can have that self-acceptance and self-love. And that can be quite a journey to get to because in this world, there's this element where media tells us what we should look like and what we should be like and, and so forth. And it's not actually reality as well. Like so is there something going on in the brain to have these stories and dramas and the unconscious belief that we're not good enough? Is there, is there chemistry and science in behind this or is it just part of the human psyche that we become twerps at times? <laughs> it's just conscious thinking of that whole... <laughs> <clears throat> I love how you call us twerps. I yeah. do like that. It's a twerpy moment, though. I know, I know. Oh. It, to me, I see two different minds. Like if you're sitting with a mind that's full of chatter or you're sitting with a mind that's quiet and accepting, and how do you find that inner balance and that peaceful place? Loving what is. In loving what is, yeah, and just going it is what it is. You know, if you have a bathroom floor moment, just honour that and be be okay with that. Yeah, like, do you know what I mean? Mm. Like when you when you do, and we, and it's part of our. We all do that, but should we be ashamed of it? No, we shouldn't. And you know, how do we talk about that and put the discussion on the table? So, I love the way Dr. Sarah Farrant talks about this. That she says, you know, people say you're angry. Oh, you shouldn't be angry. Mm. Whereas she's like, honor the anger. Oh yeah, honor the beauty. Honor the disruption. Honor the challenge. But my question to you both gets back to, and I love what you're saying, I understand that mm. there's two minds and I understand it's quiet and, and, and that peace and serenity and self-love. Mm. But someone listening to this going through a process right now, mm. maybe giving us the fingers going, oh, it's all very good and well, you know, but when you're in the moment of the challenge or the emotions are high and we know intelligence is low, how do we step into that place or how do we push ourselves to create new Mm. ways of getting there. Mm. I love how you're all looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's the answer. Lock yeah, down. right. Okay. <laughs> I have pen paws. Ready to yeah. <laughs> okay, so it's actually not as complicated as we think that it is. Being human is the most simple process, but also the most advanced process. So this piece of life, and I'm pointing to myself when I say this piece of mm. life, I am a piece of life. And when we go through our, um, our upbringing, we are all subjected to the way that our parents bring us up and they were subjected to the way that their, their parents brought them up and so on. So it becomes a generational hand-me-down in terms of what we focus on and, and how we become formed with our quote-unquote values. So then we go to school and then we get caught up in an education system, which is all about um, learning by rote, understanding habitual patterns, you know, if you learn two, two plus two equals four, you don't need to really understand what that's going to mean for you later. Just learn it. Mm. So we learn how to become habituated through our education system. We learn how to memorize more so than we learn how to learn. Then we come out and we go to work and we learn how to please so that we don't get fired. And part of our reward is our payment. You know, we get paid for the hours that we dedicate to a job. So we understand what reward is and what pleasing is. So we're constantly, throughout the course of our lives from childhood, we're constantly looking at an outside world for validation of who and what we really are. So if I do things right, if I do things what, in the way that my mum tells me to do them, then that makes me a good person. When I go to school, if I fit in with my friends and I do well with my grades, then that makes me a good person. And when I go to work, if I'm pleasing to my boss and I do my job well, I get paid and that makes me a good person. So we're constantly looking at this outside world for our validation of who and what we are. But unfortunately, we've never been conditioned to have an inside-out perspective. We've always had an outside-in perspective. So the inside-out perspective is very simple. It's a very, very simple process, but it really is for everybody who's on the other end of this podcast listening. If you're going through some hell right now, this is really the recipe. This is the way through. And that is to really understand that you the essence of you, and, I, and when I say the essence, I, if, if the, probably the easiest word to use is the soul. You know, when I say the soul, everybody just instantly goes to that inside place that's very authentic, that's very genuine. When all the doors are closed, when all the lights are out, it's the you that's with you and you know that you. You were there before any experience was there. You are there before any thought can be there. 
You are there before any experience can be there or any emotion can be there. So if we think about our experiences, our experiences come and go. You know, they might last 10 years or 10 minutes or 10 days or 10 weeks, but experiences, they come and go. Thoughts come and go. They repeat themselves round and round for a couple of days, but eventually they find somewhere else, you know, to go and manifest. But their thoughts are circular and they, they circulate and then they eventually go. And emotions, yeah, you know, I might feel anger for a little bit and then we feel tired and then we feel sad and then we feel hopeful and then we feel bored and then we get excited again. So we go through this emotional tone scale. And all of that is temporary. And they're all external, if you like, to the you that is the cup that holds all of that. So if you're trying to imagine yourself, your soul of you is like a cup. And all of those things, thoughts, emotions, and experiences all exist inside of the cup. But does any of those things actually change the cup? The cup stays the same. Mm. The cup is unchanged untouched, unaffected, no matter what happens inside of it, whether you put tea inside of your cup or coffee or hot chocolate or bone broth. (laughs) (laughs) Turmeric latte. Turmeric latte. Turmeric latte. (laughs) So, So if we think of ourselves that way and we bring our awareness and our attention back to the soul, back to the seat of the soul, then in actual point of fact, we can be with any emotion. We can be with any experience. We can be with any thought process. We can be with it because to think that we shouldn't have it or to push it away is kind of delusional. Mm. You know, and what we resist persists. It is part of being human. But when you bring your awareness to the cup, to the seat of the soul, rather than what's going on inside of the cup, so we see that the reality is the cup rather than what's going on inside of the Mm -hmm. cup is reality because the only thing that's actually real is the cup because it's Mm -hmm. permanent. Mm -hmm. Everything else comes and goes. Mm -hmm. Nothing else, nothing inside of that cup is ever permanent. So why on earth would we, as logic, as logic, but of course we've never been conditioned this way, but as logic, why would we attach to something that's temporary and call that life and call that reality and call that me when it comes and goes and it's temporary? We've just had our attention in the wrong place. And hopefully, if you listen to this podcast, the whole invitation is to really bring our awareness to the cup because when you have your awareness on the cup, you can make decisions like that and back yourself. You can have unbelievable clarity, unbelievable direction, and you can have it in five minutes. This is not something that takes work and it's not different for each person. So there's none of this, oh, it works for you, but it doesn't work for me. I have to do what's right for me. Crap. This is the same for every single human being on the face of this planet. Every single one of us has that soul. It feels exactly the same for every single one of us. And if we could relate to that as who we are, then the the ups and downs of emotions, the ups and downs of experience, the ins and outs of thoughts just become part of the richness, the color, and the texture of life. And it becomes, you become closer to the ability to choose and select what kind of texture you want to have in your day-to-day, what kind of colour you want to invite in your day-to-day rather than it being random. You wake up in the morning and life just smacks you in the chops and you hope for the best. So it's really about getting that shift of awareness and attention from all of the outside stuff that that we think is life back into what is actually life. It's the only... And, you know, if you're not a God, if you don't believe in God, it's okay, just use another word, but it's the only real thing that was ever created in us. Everything else has been man-made. Everything else we created, our beliefs, our values, our story, our emotions, our thoughts, our experiences, we are the constructor of all of that. Now, if we made it, we can unmake it. You can change your mind like that. You can change your emotions in in a heartbeat. So you can do whatever you want. But the only thing that is already always happening inside of you that is unchanging, unaffected, is the soul of you, the real you. And we have a better relationship with all the stuff that's temporary than what we do with Mm -hmm. us inside. So the invitation is to change that, have an inside-out perspective rather than an outside-in perspective, and the colour of the day changes. The blue becomes like blue becomes like this beautiful, soft, powdery, extraordinary experience that you just are in in awe of curiosity about what that is 
You don't think that you know what the sky is. You just get curious about what the sky is for the day and all of a sudden your perspective about the day changes because mm-hmm. you're in choice of the kind of texture and richness that you want to bring to your day. It's so beautiful and it is so real and it's yeah. so authentic like what you're saying. I just want to ask you both, and particularly maybe you, Elspeth, when you have someone come into your clinic then, like to hear that beautiful way that that is spoken, but to hear someone come in or if someone's listening to this and they're in the depths of despair, they've just lost somebody, their heart's broken, they've just found out news that's whacked them across the chops. What steps would you both give to someone to keep in the work of that then? Mm. Because it's easy to say, like when you're saying that to me right now, I'm going, I know, that's so right. So what's the step to the key, be there? The key, Kimmy, and I'll just like I'll say this really quick and then I'll mm-hmm. I'll shut up. But the key, you don't you, you you don't try and do the work in the heat of the moment. Because in the heat of the moment you're always going to go to your default position. Mm-hmm. And your default position is what your conditioning is. Mm-hmm. So ideally, be in the work in every moment so that then when challenge does hit you, you've got choice as opposed to going to an unconscious behavior that ha- has been habituated mm-hmm. since the day you were born. And ideally, we should all be able to reach a point in our lives where we draw the line in the sand and we say, okay, I'm going to start working on a new experience of life because the one that I've had is crap and I'm done with it. I'm tired of it. I'm exhausted. So I'm willing to experience life on a different plane in a different way and the work starts today. And it's almost as if that's the day you're born again, you know, and then you've got to, you've got to start the new conditioning, the new releasing. But I can say this, you know, it took me 47 years to get to where, well, no, it took me, say, 40 years to to become the me that I thought that I was. Mm-hmm. And it took me maybe seven months to undo all of that in being in the work all the time. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't take another 40 years to undo it. It just takes a concentrated willingness mm-hmm. and a commitment to master this piece of life. Because if you can't master the inner world, I can tell you now, there's no chance you'll ever master the outside world. No chance. And we are putting so much energy trying to master that outside world and it's never working out the way that we want it because we haven't mastered the inner world, which is the driver. So say if for me, simple steps with um, how I work with clients is that they'll tend to email me or inbox me or something random, so frustrated, this is what happened. In the moment, they, they let it out and that's their space to be able to just go. Next time I see them, then we go radio and we sit with that and we explore it, but it's reflective. It's not in the moment. So um, we, you know, we explore what happened and where did that belief system come from? And then in terms of then doing the work with them around that belief system or shifting it, and you'll see the penny start to fall and they'll drop. And from there, when you release or, you know, using EFT methods, that, you can look at if this problem, if you didn't have this feeling or this belief, what would life be like? Innately the same is peacefulness, connection, love, um, you know, clarity and freedom. freedom, like all those words. It's very, I mean, they're the, the common ones between everybody. So, and, you know, getting them to ground themselves in a place of uh where they feel that, at what point. And a lot of people will go to the beach. It's always a memory on the beach with their family or on a honeymoon that they felt exactly that way. So when you do the work, you flip in between and then you confuse the belief system of the story of the moment and then you go ground yourself in the happy place and then you go back here and then go back there. And you, what you'll do is you'll take the 10 intensity down to a zero and then you can flip the memory or you can flip the the situation um so in terms of simple steps of being able to do that and then then you'll find that the next time that they the situation arises in their life they handle it differently so in you know the the sky is still blue but they realize they have the their own ability to respond to that situation in a different way not what they were programmed to do. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Definitely. So in, in practical terms, that's how, as a practitioner, to support someone else in that in that place. 
Mm-hmm. And do you find <laughs> that, um, I mean, one of the greatest things I've learned from Karen and particularly Cindy and I are always talking about, what would Karen say? Yeah. How would Karen do? What would love do? Yeah. <laughs> what would Karen do? <laughs> um, for me, it's, it's as simple as taking a deep breath. The minute mm. I feel a charge. Or I feel something coming up. It's mm. taking a deep breath for me. I then anchor with my oils. I'll yeah, snort yeah. on something. Um, but more importantly, it's actually shut the hell up. As in, don't verbalize it. Yeah. Just internalize it. What? Why? And why am I feeling mm. that? And that's interesting. Why am I feeling that? And that's interesting. And for me, one of the physical things I do is I'll take myself for a run. And then process it on a run, so mm. I don't have the outside influence. Now you can't always run from a situation, but I'm just I'm curious as to us all finding that space. I mean, how do you do it when you get the charge? Like, well, I had a charge this morning, yes. which was really interesting. Um, I got up and was ready to go for my swim at six, and somebody made two snide remarks that I I knew they were snide and not just um, flippant. flippant. And I was swimming with them and I was swimming um, with great aggression. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going crazy. And it was, it was was actually quite hilarious. And in my mind I'm like going, okay, what's my comeback? What am I going to come back with to this, this person? And the funniest thing happened is that we're swimming along together and he gets hit by another person. Who are going to say shark? No, he gets hit. Like we're in the ocean and he gets head on. It's a head on. How does, how does that happen? Oh, Somebody's coming the other someone's way. Someone's coming the other way. And I was watching that he was looking ahead. So I'm thinking, I'm not looking ahead. He's looking ahead. He can do all the hard work. And, um, and we get to a point and he hits this guy head on, which doesn't happen often in the ocean. And they stop. And they both look a bit stunned and the other guy swims off. He says, I'm sorry, and he swims off. And and I just said to this guy, I go, are you okay? Where did you get hit? He said, on the top of my head. And I went, you know what? I think we should go in in shore just in case. You know, I'm not good in emergency situations, but I'm really good at chronic. (laughs) (laughs) And then I let it go because he was having a dig that, you know, about autoimmune diseases and gluten-free and... He was having deep like that in chiropractic and and I was furious. I was just went, no, you can't do that, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> so there's a, a specific thing that happened is that I was getting it out in my, my swim and then a situation presented itself beautifully and then I felt, and then I forgot about it. And it wasn't until you guys started to talk about it that I realised that that was, you know, that was a, that, that pushed my buttons. It was God smacking him on the head Ooh. to wake him up. I just love it. It was just perfect. But, yeah, I look, it's funny when we were all talking about it because I I believe that I've always looked at the world as the sunny world. I've never Mm. seen it as a dark world. But my sister, Mm. who was brought up in the same place with the same parents, same siblings, we were all in the same together, saw saw life and saw everything very dark. Mm. So, Mm. It's about perception, I think, of mm. how you perceive a situation. Like, if I was probably um, okay, he would have made that flippant, re- you know, that flippant remark, and I would have just, you know, not even thought about it. But for some reason, I got my hackles up on that one. So, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Is it perception of how you perceive a situation? Because we all perceive situations differently. You know, you Howard will say he's an ex-policeman. If he went to an accident and he asked everybody what happened in the accident, everybody saw something different, even a different coloured car. Mm, yeah, yeah. Mm. So is it so I keep thinking, is it where we are as far as um are we feeling good about ourselves or not? Mm. Do we just wake up? Do we wake I don't know what are it is. Hungry? Are, we, are we hungry? Are we tired? And and then the situation um comes and is you know, sometimes you can just flippantly throw it off, but other times you can't. So I, I don't know. I, I felt I feel like there's lots of parameters there, but I don't know um, how I, you know, get through that. Except I can just tell you what happened to me this morning, and I'll forget about this. I'll mm. yeah, it will yeah, be yeah. off on another tangent another time. Um, and that's what I find as I get through situations, I deal with them, and then I forget about them. And my husband goes, "Don't you remember that?" I know. <laughs> <laughs> 
not all. You know, he'll go, don't you remember they did this to you? And I, no. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just throw it off. So I'm wondering um, why do we perceive an event differently? So one person may go through an event um, and it will make them a better person. Another person will go through that event and it will destroy them. Mm. Yeah. I think it's that choice of your, of innately who you are and where you want to head. Like as a choice when I left my marriage, I never wanted to be a victim. I didn't even want to be a survivor. But mm. I have to say I had a belief that all men were bad and that was a belief system that, I then went into five years of DV counselling and I really reinforced that belief system, didn't I? Oh, yeah. That this world was a dark place and all men are just abusive because one in four women are abused, right? So I had this evidence that I could continually back that up. And, I, you know, so my mind was very aware of what that and how I reinforced it. Now I've done the work is that... um, I realized to me there's no gender. Male and female, we're all it's we're all the same. And there are so many beautiful men out there. But I had to look at my inner story and what I was scared of and afraid of. Um and I mean I publicly hope that one day I can say sorry to all the men that I thought were really mean. You know, I'm and it hurts me now to think that I had that belief system. But I think when we when we create a belief system, we look for reasons why and back it up. There's my evidence. This is why. And so, mm, you know, as... We as look for evidence. We look for mm. evidence. And then it's the same. You know, my butt's too big. I'm going to look for evidence around why and reinforce that belief system. And we can do it on so many different levels. And I think that's where, you know, in my own personal life, I made choices. I don't watch TV. I don't participate in what women's weekly magazines. I don't read that in my home. I, I'm very conscious about how I influence my life and who is in my, you know, who is in my life and how I want my life to be influenced. Um, because I know that my brain is highly susceptible. susceptible, you know. So I I do um I do look at um how I look after myself <laughs> and, um, and I think that's where when we look at that empowerment and self-inquiry we can understand who we are and look at the soul rather than from the from what's happening from the world towards us so and and switch that view. Elspeth how old are you now? I'm 31. You've just you've lived such a big life. Tell us what your vision is then with your Food for Life cafe with being a mum, how do you want to project onto your children? What's your dream? What's your vision? What's your big hopes? Oh, wow. That's that, that's like two bottles of wine. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I, my dream, um, look, Food for Life Cap, ultimately my philosophy is to heal one community at a time. And But I also really, really enjoy working collaboratively with other businesses and with other health practitioners um so the cafe for me is a hub i get that community that support you know support and we can together we can do it on the ground um and education is i would like to see another mode of um model, uh, medical care uh, in terms of that alternative approach where we have more integrative hubs and practitioners working together doing case studies um and then having that research team behind it that we can collaborate between different um, practitioners and researchers that together, because we care about health, that we're doing it. So I have a quite big long-term goal. I'd love to have a a farm in Toowoomba where people can come and stay, grow veggies, bits and to Cindy. So can we franchise farms? We can, yeah. And some people have asked, you know, can you franchise your cafe? And I'm like, I've only been doing this for six months. Let me um, even get my head around one, let alone franchise it. But it's such a beautiful idea. Um, yeah, it was, and, it was and it's such special. a brilliant idea. Yeah. You know, like I, I know um, there's a cafe down here that is having movie nights, you know, yeah, not as regularly yeah, yeah. as what you're doing. And it's yeah. not as obviously as organised as what you're doing, but 
I don't think that that's a silly thing because people mm. are looking for communities to yeah. to find their health again. Yeah. We're, we're mm. become... Talking to other franchisees and franchisors in terms of the business model, the business model will have to look so different. Mm. And that's the because innately it's got to be someone who wants to drive it within their community but utilise the whole support and the system. So that even in itself when talking to business coaches is a bit of a, um, yeah, how does that look? So that will, I think, grow in its own organic way. So I'll just, I will leave that space to the universe is what I do to a lot of things when I have my ideas and I have that deep connection of knowing of where this is heading. I, I don't have the human power to even go, this is what I'm going to do. I've just got to have faith. And that's what drives my whole business. It's what's driven me to get here today is to have faith um, and, you know, let it go and not put too much thought into it because human logic's not really make sense. <laughs> you know, if you put the emotion into it, I go, no, this is too big, universe, here, take it. And you can you can help me and with it. And you are it. so right because the universe then presents somebody oh. or something or a situation mm. which you go, oh wow, that's going to take me where I need to go. This person can help me, or or that situation can help me. Or and it could mm. be, you know, I see it all the time. I mm. see these little mm. um, these people that come into my life that absolutely flip it around because it flips mm. my way of thinking around, and I and I realize. That's the direction I have to go in, not realising it at the time, mm. but it's in hindsight I look back. If that didn't happen, yeah. I wouldn't be here right now. Yeah. So it's the perfect way of doing it and rather trying mm. to control everything. It's just a... Oh, let it be, yeah. What are some let of your be. rituals then on a daily basis for oh you? God. My rituals. Okay, so, um, so I like to wake up and meditate. Um, do I put the coffee enema thing in there? <laughs> <laughs> I think Kirsty Worth will like that one. Kirsty Worth. Um, yeah. <laughs> and all the animal-loving people. So start the day like that. And then... Um, do you really? Of course I do. Yes, I love them. I, it's just one of those things. It's like drinking coffee. It's like drink, It's your morning coffee. It's, it's just a coffee. completely different experience, right? And this Long is, blacking up your arm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Could be a short black too. Anyway. There's no milk though. Yeah. You do that too? <laughs> I actually don't know, but mm. I know you know. I know a lot of people. A lot of who us do. do. Yeah, I've got of, one in my cupboard. Do. I still haven't used. Yeah, I'm, I'm like do. you. I've got anyway, one in my cupboard, and I still you, haven't so used. So it depends how personal. <laughs> how personal do you want to get? No, no, we'll we'll keep going. Um, so, <laughs> can I just ask, what's the benefit? It it's it really gets the liver um, going, and a lot of people who are in a Detox. really bad space in their life, as far as their gut issues mm. or. Um, they've got chronic fatigue, that um, simple act can change their whole everything in their body, in their mind. It's, it's, it's a saviour when you're starting to get well. Yeah. It's mm. an absolute saviour, and I've mm. seen it many times mm. be the right. saviour of many people. Um, and, mm. you know, cultures have been doing it for a long time. It's a European cultural thing to do this. It's just for some reason we live in a country that is so enclosed into themselves. I know. If that's it. <laughs> nice, well, nice, nice work. They're, they're not looking outside what we do yeah. and realising that there are yeah. other options out yeah. there. And I see this all the time. Like, I, I, And I, I'm just going to digress here. Like the, mm. the DAA um, say, oh, saturated fat is bad. You know, this mm. is the whole mm. thing. But cultures around the world eat. 50% saturated fat and have healthy lives. So you cannot tell me that, that they're not looking outside no. in order to or look in a historical perspective. In my way of thinking, we need to look at other cultures, other perspectives. Mm. What did we used to do? And, and we're coming back to that. Yeah. But don't you also diet to the microbiome is that they're, you know, they are high saturated fat diets, but I'd also question what their microbiome looks like as well, you know, like. There's a whole, I mean, you've got to look at the whole picture. I mean, in, we we are so insular in how we look at our living and it's, you know, I mean, we're just getting more toxic. But anyway, I'll go you back to my rituals. Yes. rituals. So um, so I, I, 
I um, like to the short exercise. Black coffee, yeah, yeah, short black coffee. Yeah. I like to do my exercise. I like to put my um, every morning when I get to the cafe, I'll have my bulletproof turmeric um, coffee, and then I'll put my diffusers on, or and I'll ask my staff, "What do you want on today, guys?" And they're like, you know, to come to a place to work, and this is, you know, we have such a beautiful culture, and I've got the best staff, and but to they and they just to come to a place where they go, what oil are we going to put on? <laughs> really? That's awesome, yeah? It's awesome. So together we have our own little rituals and I have my rituals with my kids. And um, so exercise is a big one for me at the moment is moving my body um, and getting outside. And at night time I've been flight-moding my phone and I read, um, I've been reading um quite a number of different books at the moment on spirituality so I've been heading down in that direction and just sitting with that and those thoughts and those inquiries about who am I so tell me the um, book you're reading right now and oh, it's one? called who am I at oh. the moment and I had a beautiful friend of mine um in Toowoomba he just lent it to me and um because he knows that journey that I'm on and He's Indian and, oh you know, he's, he's, he's amazing. And I said to him, can you do meditation classes? He said, Elspeth, I'm not an awakened being. <laughs> I can't do that. Like, really? You don't have to be awakened. But, you know, he, in terms of his own self, like, yeah. It, so in terms of that journey, that uh, is my honour for me at the moment. But, you know, I, I suppose I try and do a lot of things every day that, uh, my ritual, cuddling my kids, you know, at, in bed. Like my son at the moment, he, I'm just giving so much gratitude to the world that he still lets me tickle him, you know, and he'll whack his arm up, mum, tickle, tickle, tickle. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm going to tickle you because I know that it's going to end soon, you know. So, um, yeah, so I suppose when I look at just those moments, I create small rituals in little moments every day that I can cherish and, I get the sense with you that you're very, I think the wonderful thing um, that you are presenting here is just a really authentic being in the moment, which for many of us we think ahead or you call it out of time, mm-hmm. um, but you're a very in-time person, it seems. Try to be. Yeah. That's what I'm practising I'm not saying on time. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but Try in time. Yeah. So what would be your greatest wish for your children in this in this time and particularly with the amount of information and stuff that's going on out there? Mm. I mean, the biggest gift we could give our kids and my kids is their own self-love and self-compassion. You know, every day talking to both of my children about their own insecurity and their own how they perceive their world. I mean, my children have had a pretty tough life. Like they've got some complex issues that they've dealt with and know about and never should have. You know, they should never have really understood that until maybe they were, an, you know, like, you know, older. They've, they've dealt with a sibling pass away this year, which was quite a random death, and they've asked lots of questions, you know, why is this, why is that? Charlotte tends to see... Um, angels and you know she'll talk about things that she sees so in terms of you know I try and nurture her and say you know you need to accept you and and, and honor that and don't hide that part um, but you know at school school's tough for them as well so they've Charlotte's been through a bit of bullying and um, she because of her maturity level how she fits in and Felix is um He's a mover and a shaker and he just, he's not a, a sit-down pen and paper kind of boy. He's a, he's very um, busy. So, you know, that's the biggest message for them is how to to be at peace with them and love them. So how would, how do you teach your children all the things that you and Karen have been talking about oh around that self-love? Like what is, what's the simplicity behind that? To me, to role model that in the best way I can and to have that open discussion and put it on the table. I get eye rolls all the time, mind you. <laughs> I am, mum, you have no idea, you know, even food, like eating, you know, healthy food and, and things like that is 
that there's I give that fluidity of that movement between you know them finding themselves and coming back. Charlotte naturally is asking for broth this week. Where did that come from? <laughs> but you know, in terms of allowing her to just have that ability to be them, and I love them and accept them exactly for where they're at, even if they're you know in their moment. I yeah, I mean getting good role models in her life as well. So my staff nurture her and nurtures Felix a lot too. And um, I do believe it takes a community to raise a child and I know I can't do it alone. So I do welcome people to to do that and um, give them as broad of an experience so that, you know, travelling Vietnam, Cambodia, you know, going to New Zealand and so forth is opening up their eyes that there's other things out there and um, do that complex conversation. You know, Charlotte did a poem this year, last term, on the phenomenal woman. So she had to inquire about that. And at the time, Fuad was staying with us. And Fuad and, and Charlotte sat together and he really, you know, did that inquiry. But And I sat there and I went, this is just beautiful, you know. Um, and as a man... Charlotte, you know, has her own things around that. And, you know, she said, I don't trust people. And Fuad's like, well, you know, you're talking to me openly and we're talking about the phenomenal woman and what women are. And, and you know, he made her really inquire. So um, he would have been perfect. Oh, he was no, perfect. Yeah. He oh, just look, been my, perfect. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, in Toowoomba, like <laughs> Fuad is everyone's in love with him. <laughs> like my staff talk about him every day. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's in love with him. He all fight yeah. over him. Yeah. I know. He tells me, I said, Kim and Cindy are fighting over me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> They're so, only human. Yeah. And now, you know, we've just got to get him enrolled into the into the changing habits. Oh, yes. Elspeth, yeah. you're doing I'm trying. I'm trying. Him. I'm trying. He's coming to the one day. Uh, yeah. And, I'm, and he, he and Joe are, are very serious yeah. about it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to having those two yeah. there because, you know, the information is needed. Yes. You need to get that information yeah. out there, yeah. Definitely, definitely. So so does that answer your question? Mm. And I'm just I'm interested mm. in you because you're such a busy soul. You give so much. You've been through a lot. What's your philosophy for living? My philosophy for living. So I have a lot of different elements in how I look at my life. So um, obviously my diet and health and what I feed my body and how I honour my body with what I need every day. So I'm a little bit habitual in how I eat, very simple with how I eat. Um, I don't really get too complex and my staff laugh at me thinking I probably eat more salt than anything else. (laughs) So so they have a bit of a joke about it. And uh, so having my connection with my family um, and you know, my social life, that's been a little bit on the, the downer, but hopefully we'll pick that back up. Um, I love educating myself. I love learning. So really? that's, I really? love it. What was your first clue? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I am a bit of a, I don't know where that will stop. Mm. Like I don't know where that will take me. You want to stop. Yeah, I mean, I'd love, I want to do my PhD and I want to, yeah, I, can, I want, but I know that there's an element where I probably have to take a break because I am tired. Um, and and just give my brain a bit of rest and and really sort of ground that whole the whole business thing at the moment. Um, and doing my rituals, making sure I, I know if I don't body boost every day and I don't put my diffuser on and I don't. There's certain things that are my little oh Elspeth, you know be more mindful tomorrow because I know that that's part of my whole day and how to, you know, use my oils to actually support me um, every day. So I've been doing a lot of clary sage at the moment for clarity, frankincense for strength, um, and I'm doing lemongrass this morning. Um, <laughs> so, you know, as spirituality is a big one and I'm not in terms of a religion, I'm not attached to any religion, but in terms of my own connection with me, that's my spirituality. That's how I talk about it. Uh, so I do really do a lot of inquiry around that and uh, my my whole how I'm connected to this world and why I'm here. So I do a lot of work in that area and movement. And so I look at it 
like a lotus leaf, like a flower. Flowers mean a lot to me in my life, multifaceted, lots of petals, lots of colour. That's me. And that's a really good Mm. summary. Multifaceted, lots of colour. That's lots of petals, lots of petals. <laughs> and that's, but to honor each element of that. So, yeah, yeah. Um, when you were, when we asked you to come onto the podcast for today, yeah. um, what was your thoughts and what was what would be your hope from the podcast? And how did you feel about coming on the show? <laughs> I was like, <"Ee!"> <laughs> <laughs> I was like, do I say anything to anybody? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And I was like, right. Okay, I've got a, I've got a, obviously I had my appointment with my supervisor this morning. I was like, I'm at the coast, but this is perfect timing. And it just was in sync. And that's it. Universe makes things happen. And to be here physically is amazing. Um, I just thought I'll let it be and whatever it is will be it. Like, cause Jen said to me at work, she said, well, what are you, what are you going to talk about? I said, I'm not going to think about it. I will tomorrow let it be and whatever message comes out of that will, will be the way it is. I mean, so how can yeah. people find you? Because you're just especially you're such an amazing mm, yeah, 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 yeah. How can they find the cafe in Toowoomba? Because we, we have, we have oh, lots heaps, of listeners yeah, in Toowoomba. Too. So yeah. how can they find the cafe? What's your website? What's your Facebook page? Okay, let, me go, th- let me go through the lot. Okay, so... Uh, the cafe is at 18 Hill Street in Toowoomba, next to Grand Central, the big shopping centre there. Um, my uh, website is www.foodforlifecoach.com.au. My um, Facebook page, so I've got a, a few. So I've got Food for Life Cafe. Um, I've got uh, Food for Life Coaching and Counselling, Elspeth Haswell-Smith. Um, which is a bit of a mouthful. Uh, we ha- I also have a Toowoomba Community Health Group page as well so people can add themselves in there. Um, and my I, all my details are on the website as well. So I do talk to people Skype, so I do have some overseas clients as well in America. So Because mm, that's what um, I think people Melbourne might be interested and, in is how yeah, they can connect with yeah. you personally. I even started Parasite Cleanse Group yesterday afternoon. Of course and you we did. had Yeah, of course. Of course. So we did that and um, so we, we're we doing it as a group. So I've got 12 women and one of them actually Skyped in from Melbourne. And then last night even someone rang the cafe yesterday and said, we want two cultures, Kirsty's cultures, and they were like, oh, yeah, Elspeth's driving to the Sunshine Coast tonight. So I met her at the BP at Lansborough and dropped them off, didn't oh. I? Right? <laughs> so what I love about I my love staff it. is they think the same way. There is never no. We can do it somehow. Mm. Like we find that. that oh, way. I love that. So anyway, so that's what never we do. Never a no. We'll it's do never it no. We'll, we'll find a way to do it. Whatever way it is, there's, you know, if someone says to me no, Elspeth charged harder. You know, there's this, <laughs> it's like a red flag. And I'll go, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so that's how you can find me. Um and email, a lot of people email me too and, mm. yeah. I would love to just summarise by saying you were the first person who completed Cindy's uh, Changing Habits program. You were the very first person to finish that in 11 months. So I think you've set the, the, set the, the bar. I think it was less than, less than 11 months, wasn't it? We started in February and you finished by? Well, I got my certificate. Today, a year ago, <laughs> that was my memory on Facebook this morning was my picture with Cindy. So, so I would have finished September. So what's that? You did it pretty fast. Seven months. Yeah. Mm. And they have two years to do it. So you completed that. You did the HLE program around the same time. Yeah. You were also studying and working through the university and setting up your businesses. Yeah. I mean, one of the reasons why we were so excited to have you on the show is because you are someone who doesn't say no and you are someone who obviously is thriving with that. I am very proud of the fact that you are recognising you're exhausted. Um, (laughs) Oh, I can easily say that. And I know what I've got to do to nurture myself through that. So The the skills are important, I think. You know, whenever we fall down, we need to know the skills to get back up again. The resilience. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much, you beautiful soul, thank you. for being a part of the show. We have been absolutely in awe of you. We all look up to you and we all love being a part of your world. And I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart and Cindy's and Karen's for, for showing up, for showing people what it means to show up. I think that's one of the greatest skills you have and 
I think it's a real honour to have you in our lives. I agree. Thank you. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I'm sitting here looking at you thinking, you know, you're 31. Mm. To have lived such a full life and and experienced so much of life, it's just like imagine what's going to become possible for you as the years unfold. Like it's Mm. just. I know. You know, it's I, it's I, just I'm, such an extraordinary yeah. journey that you're well, on. Well, you'll all be beside me. Mm-hmm. We, we know that. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll move back. Oh, well, I tried to move here last year, but. Will you come back to the coast? I'd love to, in a heartbeat. But at the moment, Toowoomba is my Toowoomba is my home. It's my hub. But like Kim said, maybe I should open up a Food for Life cafe in, in the sunshine. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Then you we'll go see. I could go between Absolutely. the two. Go between the two. Who knows? We'll just see. Watch that space. <laughs> Watch that space. Food for life. Gorgeous. Oh, how awesome. Well, thank you so much for being a part thank of today's you. show and for sharing yourself so authentically and genuinely. I think you've really probably touched the hearts and minds of so many of our listeners and it's been such a treat. You're a beautiful soul. Oh, thank you. You really are. So for all of our listeners, we hope you've loved Elspeth as much as we love her. You've got all of her contact details, and we'll make sure that they're in the show notes as well. So if you want to reach out to Elspeth, go ahead and do that. Don't hold yourself back. She's somebody who's totally open and willing to have conversations and make shizzle happen. So (laughs) I nearly just, yeah, no. So go ahead. So go ahead and reach out to her. If you want to leave us any comments or questions, go to all the w's.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat. Alternatively, you can leave your comments and questions at all the w's.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat. So join us here next week on up for a chat and become part of the ripple effect that is totally and utterly changing the world from the inside out. We'll see you on the ride. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.